second uh, episode yeah. of, of the Enabler podcast, and I guess he had gone out with his girl the night before, and he still had uh, the stamp from the club that they had gone to. I believe it was a comedy club, yeah. or I'm not sure what type of club it was, but, uh-huh. and it just reminded me of, uh, you know, girls that would wake up with, you know, the tramp stamp, and you know what I mean? <laughs> We're doing the walk of shame out of a room or out of a house, and, and uh, you know, so I was like, damn, they look at you, all tramp stamped up still. <laughs> <laughs> He's like talking shit. He's like, yeah, you still have your fucking shades on? We're sitting down having breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Like total fucking walk of shame, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I forgot to lock, I forgot to lock my, I left my keys in the yeah. I left something in my car. I went to go back and get it. I came back, couldn't find it. And uh, our coffee was served. And there's like nothing to stir with. So I grabbed the empty cup of creamer and started yeah. stirring the coffee. And it just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, you're a fucking mess right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because... Dude, do you have a backpack? What do you have? You have two backpacks. You can just smell the the, the trauma in there. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus, what happened to you last night? <laughs> he's like, dude, he's like, you're living out of your backpack. Yeah, like, right. I run my truck and I pull out one backpack. There's like three of them in there. He's like, dude, you know who else lives out of backpacks? I said, who? He was Club Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I remember meeting like girls back in the day, and you know they would. Open their trunk. They had a bunch of platforms in there, and sandals, and you know what I mean, different outfits yep. and stuff like that. And it was just like Jesus. It's just, they brought, brought me back from two when I was like twenty years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. Given that this is a pretty memorable episode, um, Andrew. So uh, I, uh, it's just great to have you on. Oh, but be, like, like we always tend to do, and, and I always get scolded by. Someone very special in my life. Oh, like, okay. say the name of the goddamn show before you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited. <laughs> so, uh, just uh, going off of that, we're going to, uh, this is episode six of the Neighbor Podcast, right. and we're uh, calling this Incorporating the Shadow. Yeah. Um, so, you so know, welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. I'm and you're here. Yeah, we're happy that you're here. So, uh, well, uh, you're originally from Connecticut, right? Yes, sir. 
Originally from Connecticut, that's on the southwest uh, corner? The southwest corner of Connecticut, yeah. So, so like borderline New York, pretty much. Okay. All right. So, so uh, give us a little bit of uh, insight. You know, give us the give us the uh, the beginning yeah, of Andrew. The Andrew story. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was born and raised up in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, I mean, childhood was pretty normal for okay. the most part up until about 12 years old. 12 years old. Um, that's where kind of everything changed in my life. Still you know, in Mom, dad, younger sister, you know, still in Connecticut, same house. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad tragically passed away, dropped out of a massive heart attack right in front of me. Mm, holy shit. So that was like a huge, I mean, my life shifted completely. You said 12 years old? 12 years old. Got it. <clears throat> and, um, we were out playing paintball because we used to do that, like, Every weekend, every other weekend, with a bunch of my friends. That shit hurts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we used to try to obviously, you know, not go too crazy with it, you know, because you can, you don't know, a paintball gun, you can crank the velocity all the way up. <laughs> if you get shot point blank with that, it hurts. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we were out there one day, and we obviously were young, you know, 12, 13 year old kids, so we always had parent chaperones. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and my dad happened to be the one chaperone that day. And the next thing you know, he just collapsed. And How old was your father? 42. 42 years old. 42 years old. Wow. Last part there. I'm 44, so. Jesus. Yeah. 44 too? Yeah. How old are you, Andrew, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 31. 31. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'll be 32, yeah. 32 <laughs> next month. Kind of. So. Um, but yeah, no, it was, um, it was, I didn't know what hit me. Hit me. You know, it was, I was 12, like, watching that. You know, it's like one of those things when, when he hit the ground and like I was over the top of him, like he was making like this weird sound, you know, like coming out of his mouth, like he was trying to breathe almost, but it was like, he was already gone. By the moment he fell, he was, that's it. that was it. He was gone. Cause he had two minor heart attacks before this. Ah. And then finally this one just, wow. So, so yeah, so <clears throat> my life changed drastically from that moment. In what ways? Uh, so the, 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 the <laughs> it's funny because the name of your show is the exact thing that I became so enabled to do pretty much whatever I wanted. Wow. There was, if I wanted to get out of classes, get out of homework, get out of tests, I had sympathy upon sympathy upon sympathy. It was just like, I, at the time, I loved it. Now I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Like, if you can empathize with me, fantastic. Like, but I'm not sitting here trying to make people feel bad for my situation. I don't want that. I want to share my experience with people. And, like, yeah, it's, it's a sad history, some of the stuff yeah. that I've been through. I'm not here to make you feel bad for me. I want you to understand where I came from. This is part of my life. And at such a young age, when that happened and, and the, the progression, as, as you, like you said, you. you you liked it at first. Mm-hmm. When did that start changing? Oh, uh, it didn't change for like five years. For five years. And, and, and tell us what happened in those five years. So, well, well, it doesn't end there. So a year, a year and a month after my father passed away, my house went down. Oh, shit. Full, our tragic house fire that we had <coughs> one morning. It was an electrical issue that happened. <coughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because that morning... We woke up, we were getting ready for school, and my, me and my sister heard this sound, 
coming from the basement. Yeah. And it sounded like a drilling sound. And so we're both standing at the top of the stairs like, who's downstairs right now? This is, like, scary. Right, right. And so, of course, you know, I was like, you go first. Hold my sister. <laughs> you, <told laughs> your sister. you go first. Younger yeah, sister? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, year, a year younger. Man. Yeah, go go check that out. Will you? Jesus. Like, God bless her. Yeah. I love her so much. She's my best friend. But <laughs> so I was like, you go first. Right, right. Uh, we, it's we survival of the fittest, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we, we get downstairs, and there's nothing there. There's nobody there. But we still hear the sound. And there's smoke covering the top of the ceiling. Oh, so we run upstairs, grab my mom, you know, wake up like crazy, you know, run downstairs. And we had like an entertainment center. And in the middle of it was a hole where the TV would be. We didn't have a TV in the center at the time. And we look inside, like down at the radiator, which is where we heard the sound coming from. And you could see a flame coming through like where the radiator is. Wow. And so we're like, Get the animals, like, get out of the house. I ended up grabbing the dog. I had, like, a 90-pound Irish wolfhound. Jesus. German Shepherd. 90 pounds? I'm 13. No. Yeah, 13. I grab him by the leash. I have my cat under my arm (laughs) in the other hand. And I walk out of the house with no shoes on. Jesus. And um, so the, the fire itself... I mean, fire department showed up immediately. Like we called nine one one and everything. So, um, the fire department and everybody showed up. The fire took out the bottom portion of the house. The smoke damage took everything else. Wow. Um, the smoke damage was, and that's one thing you will never be able to get. That smell, you will never be able to get out of any piece of clothing. You name it, it's stained. And not only that, it damages uh, uh, like like um, any any kind of matter, any, any like plastic, like a telephone. I remember, I remember a long yep. time ago, fire department came to my school, and he brought on a telephone. It looked like somebody melted, mm-hmm. and the fire didn't even touch it. That was just from the smoke. Yeah. Really? And I said, oh, "Holy wow. shit!" It has an effect on certain particles or chemicals uh, of things that are that are made, mm-hmm. and d- depending on what it is, the smoke will will affect. There's a chemical reaction, and yep. it just it destroys it. It's crazy because like you look at like. I was looking at, you know, like kitchen dishes, plates, ball. I mean, it just imprinted. Yeah. Gone. Just completely ruined. Everything was gone. So, um, so after the fire, um, so then the fire, yeah, that fire happened. So, um, now going from being enabled from my dad, now I'm getting enabled even more to do just kind of on my own free will, do whatever, you know, at this point. Um, it was a currency of sympathy that was bestowed upon you because of your circumstances. Yes, sir. Right? Exactly. Yes. And those circumstances led into... And eventually it led into something more serious. Six months after my house burned down, my grandfather committed suicide. Whew. And Jesus. so it was like when it rains, it pours. Yes. And uh, Very familiar they would say that, you know, wow. what is it? Uh, it comes in threes. It comes in threes, yeah. It comes in threes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she said. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> gross. <laughs> By the way, that's how a lot of our relationships have ended. Because I have this tick where I gotta scream gross every time I climb, and they don't take it well. <laughs> 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 
gross. <laughs> it's the same thing we just say. Sweet. <laughs> See, you, you set me up. I had a yeah, I had a yeah, 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 You set me up. You gave me the layup, bro. He had a dunk. All right? I'm all for it. I'm not go ahead, man. So Yeah, so I mean, you know, those three things in a year and a half, I mean, flip my world upside down, flip my family's world upside down. Um so I went through high school, everything was pretty average through high school. Okay. Um I I was an average student. Wasn't I didn't go above me. I played soccer, um, played lacrosse my senior year. Was good at both. Was looking at you know going to college and playing lacrosse in college and lacrosse tough sport. Yeah, I, I picked it up my senior year and was like honorable mention all conference like my first year doing it. Like I picked up on it really quick, which is really, really cool. Um, now any of this that happened didn't affect uh, you know nobody. Uh, I don't know, suggest therapy or anything like that. Were, were you given any kind of resources or help for So I spoke to my school counselor okay. um, a few times, but I didn't really delve too far into it. Okay. Um, I thought that for the majority of it, I processed most of what had come up. I see. I was very, very, Sadly mistaken. very wrong <laughs> yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I also want to put this out there too, like those situations like definitely had an impact on my life, but it was my choices that I turned into that led me down this path. You know, it wasn't, you know, because of that, this happened. It was like, no, I chose to make these choices. You know? And you, and you were a kid, you were an adolescent, you were growing up. Um, you took them in ways that uh, you felt were right. Mm-hmm. I mean, given the fact that, you know, right from wrong, as we're kids or as we're growing up, we see an opportunity when we're young and we take it. Absolutely. And with my father, so my father was like the, the strong hand in the family. The matriarch. Uh-huh. When he died, you know, I love my mom and dad. My mom and I are very, very close, but she didn't have that strong hand like my dad had. Yeah. My dad could, would look at you and be like, <laughs> you well, win. <laughs> just the fact that you started off by saying that you were at a paintball event with your dad showed me how involved he was in your life because that's not the story for every kid. You know what I mean? For, for a dad to take the time to take his kid paintballing, it speaks highly in volumes of of the type of man that he was, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, you know, I'm going to unpack this a lot more, but I'm going to let you get through your story. But you've given me already all these little cues that I'm like, okay. You know I mean? It's like you say one thing, but you unpack so much. You know what I mean? Not, you know, not to go off, but yeah, it just, I I just know as a personal experience, it's not the reality for everybody that a parent's that involved. So it it shows that he was a great dad, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, he was, so he was involved in a lot, but he was also not involved. Like as much like sporting events and stuff as like kids. Like he didn't, he wasn't there for a lot of those things, but like he was very heavily involved, you know, in our lives. You know, he'd come home from work every day. It was the same routine. He'd come home from work every day. You know, he'd go over homework with us. He'd sit down. We'd have dinner, family dinner every night. Like, I mean, it was very routine what we did. And it was healthy. Yeah. I mean, it was super healthy. But when he died, we lost that, that strong hand in the family. So like, me and my sister ran with it. Like yeah. we took it 
two different dimensions. And, and, <laughs> and we talked about this in one of the episodes where people aren't, they're not thinking, okay, what are we going to do to do this? Where, where do we get that? How do we fill this void? What are we going to do? No. People are consciously thinking about it mm-hmm. and they feel it, but no one's really discussing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure and, that's what you and guys I had this. I mean, I had this huge void like inside of me and I didn't, I was so young. I was, I, but, but, but at that age, did you even know that you had that void? Or no, this that's is, what I mean. Like is, I didn't even know it was a void. In hindsight, you're saying yeah. that, that you did, but you didn't acknowledge it then, right? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Now we now can't, we see. can't, we can't see it. Well, we how, would see you, it. how would you know? Yeah, exactly. How would you know? I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, I, I thought I, again, thought I processed everything. I thought I dealt with everything. I mean, there was so much there that was just not dealt with. Mm-hmm. And there was such a hole inside of me that I was, you know, that today, in today's day, like, my, that hole is got, like, I filled that with my, with what I choose to believe. Okay. You know, like, it's my spirituality yeah. that has filled that hole, Absolutely. which has allowed me to grow from that. And every situation that you know, I the, the, this that I specifically wear represents you know a, a divine archangel. Like uh, yeah, that is, that, that's what the wing on your uh, yeah, it's an right. So Michael the archangel. Yeah. Okay. You know, I've I've had such a very very strong felt this strong connection with Michael specifically, yeah. and it just that kind of developed over time. Mm-hmm. It was not you know something that I'm not trying to push spirituality or religion. No, 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 you know no, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, well, we love that's, my be- that's my belief. Yeah. That's what I, it's what has helped me and that has helped fill that hole in me. Like I have multitude of conversations. Can I ask you something to uh, tailspin off that? <clears throat> Was there any religion that you, any faith that you guys belonged to prior to you finding spirituality on your own? Yes. Okay. And what was that? It was Christianity. Christianity. Okay. Yeah. So we were, we were Catholic, Catholic Christians. Okay. And, um, I grew up in the church. I was baptized. I was made my confirmation. Wow. Nine yards. And the moment I made my confirmation, I stepped away from the church. Yeah. Wow. I cause and realistically, like as I started going through high school and then into college, I cursed God. Cursed him. It was, you know, dad died. I was like, why did this happen to me? House burns down. I was just like, all right, like what, like what's going on here? And then after my grandfather committed suicide, I was just like, if there is a God, he don't care. Yeah. Do we know the specifics uh, behind what motivated Grandpa to do that and take his life? Unsure. Um, there are theories, but nothing has been... Nothing solidified. Yeah, he went down. Fact. He had married a woman who was yeah, 25, 30 years younger than him. And, and she ended up taking everything from him. Tell me her name's not Carol Baskin. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Jesus, thank God. <laughs> not at all. Okay. She ended up, you know, taking everything after he passed away, left us with effectively nothing. And never came Like, back. she was that type of cynical, pardon my French, bitch, that she cut his face out of every family picture. Like, so it was my, you know, me, my mom, my sister... And then him, she cut his face out what? and left the picture. I'm not even kidding you. Like, this woman was the... Uh, so so she entered the relationship with an agenda. Oh, I believe so. Absolutely. Yeah. I think and my, my grandfather, I think, was just... Yeah. No, no, sorry again. Not when she was not. What was the age difference again? It's like 25 years. 25 years. Now. My grandfather was in his late 60s at the time, early was, 70s. Was your grandpa a widow or had yes. he divorced? Yeah. So my grandmother... Had died when I was 
was five. Okay. Um, she died on Thanksgiving. Terminal illness or natural um, causes? Massive heart attack. Massive heart attack. Damn. And, um, that's your, and that's your father's mother? That's my mother's mother. That's your mother's mother. Yeah. Okay, got it. And so I don't, you know, I never really knew her very well growing up. Right. Because uh, yeah. I was five. Like, I have very brief memories of her. Right. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, that was, yeah, so I mean, after that whole thing happened, it was just kind of, now through high school, I'm just kind of skating by. I'm, just just before we, we move yeah. forward, I, there's something. Uh, Bring anything, stop. Yeah, yeah I want to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what type of uh, suicide did Grandpa? Gunshot. Gunshot? Yeah, gunshot with a head. Wow. Self-inflicted um, gunshot, right? The story was he was cleaning it mm-hmm. um, to sell it mm-hmm. and, you know, empty the, pop the clip, but didn't clear the wooden chamber. Oh, Holy Jesus. Truth. He had owned guns all his life. So for him to make a simple mistake like that, it uh, doesn't make sense. As an adult, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't click. Right? You know, I think that it was, you know, there's stuff that's been flowing around. I don't know what the truth is. He took his life. You know, and that's that's kind of what I've accepted. You know, for what what reason, I I don't know. All right, so we can move ahead. Yeah, I just so, wanted to, you know, yeah, no, unlock that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're gonna get back to all this that you're giving us right now. Yeah, I mean, that there's there were other rumors about why he did it, but you know, I don't think anything will ever be confirmed right. until I meet him one day you know, <laughs> when I meet my maker. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, high school after that it was just a, a breeze. Wow. I uh, skated by. You know, teachers would say if you need time. We're going over something, and you're uncomfortable and with it. And this is years after. Oh, this is like three years mm-hmm. after my dad passed away. You took it and ran. Oh, it was just like I need to take a step out. <laughs> just demographically, just because I'm not familiar with Connecticut, how big would you say your town or the city that you lived in was? Because it seems like everybody was involved and knew about your story. Yeah, so it was a very small town. Okay. The name of the town? Brookfield. Brookfield. Okay. What is the name of the town? Mm-hmm. Um, very small town. My high school was like. 1,100 kids, okay. so okay. my graduating class was like 240, I think, 248, I think. And was the town religion also Catholic Christian? Or? Uh, majority of majority. it. There were a few, I think. Majority of it, I think, was. Um, but yeah, so it was like, uh, I mean, small. Everybody. Yeah. My mom also worked for the schools. Oh, oh My God. stepfather was a police officer and volunteer fire department really? so like everybody I knew everybody right, and right. everybody knew who I was got it, got it. Now, no, no, I heard you say stepfather now uh, yeah. uh, 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 dive into that a little bit when did uh, when did stepfather come in how did all that so stepfather came in shortly after my father died oh. and honestly I I did not like him at all <laughs> why not in the very beginning he took the role of my father like he took my mom's time my mom stepped away for a while you know with seen him a lot and I mean it left me and my sister to our own devices but like you know at 13 14 15 years old like we're starting to cause trouble now there's nothing in particular that you didn't like about him it's just the role he took I didn't like the fact that he was a cop yeah okay I was a young kid and like I didn't you know I just started I think picking up drinking and I was like I didn't like the fact that like he was a cop but like it was you know it was 
it sucked because like I couldn't get in trouble anywhere. Yeah. If I got in trouble in school, my mom knew. If I got in trouble outside of school, he knew and told my mom. <laughs> I was screwed one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to, you know. Was he a police officer or a sheriff or deputy? He was a uh, uh, police department. He was a youth officer of the town. Um, so obviously he was involved in the schools. He was involved in everything. Yeah, he was involved in that. He was a youth officer. Yeah. Jesus. So I mean, he was, I mean, I love him to death now. I mean, he's, he's a phenomenal guy. Still he's retired now. Okay. So like he's, um, you know, he, he's helped me through a lot of times as I've grown up through as an adult. Like yeah. he's, you know, they, they've been together now. 17, 18 years, I think. When you say shortly after, how, how like a few months, a few months, yeah. Wow. And I think that kind of set me. It's too soon. Yeah, it was. It was definitely too soon. Or at the very least, it set your mind uh, on this inquiry journey, like uh, perpetrating all these stories in your mind mm-hmm. because you know you're trying to piece together, you know, what's going on. I'm still trying to make sense of my fact that my father died right. you know, on top of the fire, on top of my grandfather, on top of this now. Like it was one thing after another, and I was like, I didn't know how to process a lot of it at the time. And like again, me and my sister just started running rampant. It's like you're, jug- you're juggling knives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we both started just kind of going our separate ways, and you know. Uh, mine didn't really start till a little bit later, till like after high school. Mm-hmm. It was when I really started down downward path, because um, I just I was a weekend warrior in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to you know parents would let our, us drink at their house or something like that. You know, we you know do something like that. But <clears throat> I didn't really start anything too crazy. So you get together, you do what everybody else is doing, you guys hang out. Yeah, we hang stuff. out. My biggest thing, I love playing beer pong. That's like, <laughs> that like my biggest thing. So you go um, into college, you, you're in high school, you go through these experiences, you're going through all these changes. It is a whirlwind mm-hmm. of changes uh, for anyone your age to combat, to deal with in that, in that fight. Like you said, Jesse, juggling knives. Mm-hmm. You go into college, what happens now? My life, again, just... I went to college for all the wrong reasons. Ah, put it that way. Okay. And it doesn't help that I went to a forty thousand dollar a year school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this for is the wrong year? reasons. And this is what year? Um, this was I graduated high school in 08. and so yeah, it was oh eight oh nine. Yeah, was my first year in college. So forty thousand dollars then was a new hundred thousand dollars now. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and I was in college for three years, so you can imagine the debt that I racked up. And um, yikes! But yeah, no. So like. I got to college, and for the first month, it was, I'm here, I wanted to do, follow kind of my father's footsteps a little bit. He was very big in the computers, and um, you know, he taught himself programming by himself. Really? Yeah, all by himself. Wow, that's he impressive. He did a lot of work on computers. What type of programming? Just uh, um, coding? Or? Yeah, all coding. Oh, like, he taught all that by himself. Oh, he taught himself everything. And, because um, he went to, he went to... FIT in Florida really? for electrical engineering and came out and taught himself all this coding, would do a lot of computer work on the side, yeah. rebuilding computers. I mean, he was very good with them. So I kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps a little bit. And Absolutely. so I went to college for computer networking and information systems. Nice. I wanted more of the hardware side of everything mm-hmm. and the building piece. Not the coding piece. 
books. Yeah. I did not do well with the first piece. Coding is a puzzle of information of zeros, letters, numbers, finding the right metric to fit the right. And now try combining <laughs> five or six different programming languages. Jesus. Learning five or six and yeah. trying to remember which one goes where. Yeah. Some people can do it. I could not. I was not, it was not my thing. I did not do very well in any coding classes. It was bad. But so I started the the year. First month was great. I was going out for the lacrosse team. Coach told me I was going to start my freshman year, which was huge. True, they were a D three school, not very good, but like I was still going to start college as a freshman, which was great. That's great in that division. Oh yeah. Shit. And um, and then. I found marijuana, uh-huh. and I for the next three years, I'm pretty sure I was high every single day. <laughs> All no. So, would you roll a joint? You smoke a pipe? Bowls, bowls, bongs, whatever. Rav bongs, you name it. I mean, we would. What type of weed you guys smoke? Whatever, uh, just whatever we could get. And Reggie, at that point, we, <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> It was good. Reggie, the one with the sticks and the six. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about good weed already back then. I mean, you went at a forty thousand yeah, dollars school year I back mean, then. It was, it was pretty good. In I my experience, Chris, I've never been to any college, but in my, I've been to a lot of frat parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, bro, there's always the best drugs available at those oh, parties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I start and I started dabbling in like marijuana, shrooms, uh, oh, shrooms. You know, ecstasy, different, uh, you know, I tried different, you know, substances after that, but right. marijuana was the one that I mean, consistent, uh, consistent. Every Friday? No. Oh. Every, every day. day. Every day. Every day. Jesus. Multiple times a day. No douchebag callers. Wake up in the morning, <laughs> wake up in the morning, smoke, go to class. After class, on the way to the next class, smoke. Yeah. Like, it was like that type of routine. Like putting on your shoes in the morning. Oh, exactly. And then it became that for the next, like, three years. Wow. And flunked out of college, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, had a long-term girlfriend in college, and she was the first love of my life. Really? Now, now did she? Uh, did you meet her at the beginning of college, or uh, what, what year did you meet her? Freshman, sophomore year? Freshman year. Freshman year. And we were together up until middle of sophomore. Middle of sophomore? Yeah. What happened? Um, <laughs> my stupid decision making and you know obviously I was concerned with myself I didn't care I was the the definition of selfish self-centered about me like you know for me for me for me type of attitude that was that was me to a T through the rest of high school through college through and you knew that and you knew that you just I see it now I didn't see it then can I tell you that all that sympathy and all that bestowed um, privilege was the priming mechanism for that selfish, selfishness. Absolutely. It was the priming mechanism. All those events, all that sympathy people were feeling and the murder they would let you get away with yeah. primed that <laughs> behavior. It primed the behavior yep. of being selfish, of course. And then it just made me into the most, one of the most self-centered people. And looking back on it, I see it. I see it now. Yeah. I saw it, you know, after I flunked out of college and decided to clean my life up. But like, it was, yeah, I didn't see it. Before. I was blind to it. You Jeez. know, it was all about me. You know, it was what I wanted. I got what I wanted when I wanted it. 
for the most part. And if I didn't get it, I probably wouldn't get it. Now, during that time, given everything that you've been through, did anyone ever try to tell you, like, hey, you're, you're, you're being selfish, you're being a jerk, or you're, you're not, nothing, nothing, nothing. I played it, I played it, I was the master. Wow. I played it off so well. I really did. And, like, you know, again, it wasn't something that I tried to do. It came so naturally. Just from previous years of experience and going through that, it just became so natural to be, I'm this master manipulator. Yeah. Like, it's just... <laughs> That's just how it is. Holy shit. And so, you know. And when you, you broke up with your girlfriend before or after? after it was middle of college. We ended up splitting. First love of your life, huh? First love of my life. What um, was that last conversation like, if you don't mind? Or just uh, seen like me, snippets. It was, so we ended up, we were together all our freshman year. Mm -hmm. The first day of college, sophomore year, we broke up. We were broken up for three weeks. I got stupid drunk one night, yeah. and we ended up in her dorm room. Um, we ended up talking for a long time, got back together, we were together for another couple months after that, and then I was uncomfortable with her working with another guy oh. on, on, like, it just seemed too close. Right. <laughs> this is going to be so embarrassing. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, so I ended up being uncomfortable with this guy uh -huh. and, um, and accused her of, you know, spending more time, you know, with him than, you know, with me and so on okay. and so forth. And right. <laughs> come to find out, like, so we break up, we, now we're on not even speaking terms. Really? <laughs> and like six months later, come to find out he came out as gay. Wow. And then I just immediately fell. Yeah. So oh. terrible. It makes sense. <laughs> it like, I, I guess. No, but, but like, that, that's <laughs> beautiful. But the thing, let's think about that. Let's stop right here for a second. Yeah. The power of the mind to invent stories yeah. and fill in the gaps when there's doubt mm -hmm. in somebody's mind. How, I mean, we can't just glaze over this. We got to stop right here. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. When you don't yeah. have the whole story, the mind... We'll say, don't worry about it. I'll put something together. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm the best Ridley yeah. Scott. I'm yeah. going to write this fucking thing for you. Everything. Don't. Put it all together. Absolutely. Jesus and look at this. Look at and this. it took it, like it was wired, you know, it was this way. It, my brain just took it and wired it in the complete opposite direction mm -hmm. and just made up. Because the, the story was, the narrative of the story was coming from insecurity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because it was coming from insecurity. If you would have been totally confident... The, the story would have been something different, mm -hmm. you know, but, but it's, it's what it's constructed from and where it's constructed from, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And where it's constructed from. Um, but you know, yeah, that, those, these, these moments and stories are just like, I have to stop because you got to understand the mind is amazing at doing that. And it's always going to craft a story. The narrative is always going to be based on the emotions that we are struggling with internally. And that's a great thing if you understand to if you understand the logic of when you feel a certain way, like okay, if that's the story that's spinning in your head, that's just like a doctor giving you a, a pill for a symptom, but it's not addressing the root cause of it. Yeah, exactly. It's not addressing the root cause of it. So that was just like an adult, like okay, so this is you know blah 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 yeah. what's going on, but. I just I had to stop no, it because no, that's fine. I absolutely. Mean, like you've always you've always you've said this to me on multiple occasions <laughs> that the the mind is 
the greatest master, but it's a horrible slave. And that's where I got it from. Yeah. It's actually, <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's actually the other way around. Oh, the mind it's, is a the mind is a, a great slave, but a horrible master. Yeah, All right, there you go. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah, and, that's what it and, is. And uh, just so everybody knows, um, me, me and Andrew have a previous relationship at work. Uh, yep. We worked for a large distribution company. Yep. And uh, I was your manager. Yep. At the time, so we'll get into that and later. Boy, that allowed come down. Yeah, just so nobody gets confused. But but going back to what Jesse said, and um, before we go over, and, and then Andrew later finds out that David is also gay. Everybody's gonna be super excited. <laughs> About uh, you know the mind you know working off of the the, the trauma and the things that, 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 that the emotions that are going on in your life right now, that's also a buildup of every single thing that has been leading up to this moment. Absolutely. Like not only is it taken into today's emotions and what you're going through, but it's it's going back years back of shit, and and the mind is already it's it's already constructing that. It's people don't think they're creative, they don't have a creative bone in their body. Fuck that. Your mind, dude. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a full believer that that everybody in this world has a gift. Uh, whether you tap into it or not is going to be whether you work through what's going on inside of you or not to tap into that gift. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that that something. There's something that they are just absolutely gifted with. And a lot of people don't tap into it because a lot of people don't want to get rid of the crap that's just blocking them from that, you know, and it's, it's so unfortunate, but I've met some of the most gifted people who could not, who could not see it. I could see it, uh, you know, clear as day, but like they could not. And it's, it's so sad because it's just like, you know, they, they have all this crap that's just stuffing it down and stuffing it down yeah. and stuffing it down. And like you said, that you don't get to the root causes of all yeah. of this. So you have to dig it out slowly, but surely. And what's most detrimental to most people is that we build this facade that is very functional in mm-hmm. our world. It's like we build this facade and it becomes functional and you you find that you're able to navigate pretty well with this fake persona sure. that you've invented of yourself. And people seem to adapt to it pretty well and you, the response is pretty well. And so it's like, okay, well, fuck it. This is working out for me, yeah. even though I'm fucking dying inside. <laughs> What's the alternative? Not broken, What's the I alternative to this? So. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody seems to think I'm great. You know what I mean? And, you know, even though I fucking cry myself to sleep three times a fucking week, you know? <laughs> it's true. Um, and, you yeah. know, drink as, you know, drink as much alcohol as I can and fucking, you know, do as much coke as I can or meth once the coke is gone or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's just like people are going through it. So it's, you know, it's. More than anything, um, that's what we want to get out of this show. You know what I mean? To create a platform for... I know you guys are out there. I know we're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all men. We're all human. We all have a soul. And your soul is dying in the process of you continuing this facade. And, you know, like I tell David, when, I, when we first started the show, I'm like, Dave, look, I know a lot of people are going to not feel this and some of my haters bro but we're talking right past them mm-hmm. we're talking to their soul yeah you know what i mean it's okay if you hate us 
you know, it's okay if you don't like us. Well, the thing is, too, and not to cut you off on yeah. that, but, like, what I've come to realize is if somebody, like, is going to hate you, quote-unquote, yeah. for this show, okay, you have hit something oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. on yeah. them exactly. that they don't want to freaking look at. Yeah. Oh, that's that's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you're going to spark something like that and somebody doesn't want to, like, you are hitting on that node yeah. that's, like, going to, going to, really set them off because mm-hmm. there's something going on inside of them that they don't like. Right. Exa- and that's exactly the point that we were trying to make. Mm-hmm. It's like, we know people aren't going to like this, but it's like, you're, again, you're talking right past that shield, that self, this, this, uh, what Jesse likes to call our meat suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our meat suit. <laughs> yeah. You know when Doctor Strange uh, punches through someone <laughs> yeah. and, and, and their astral self comes out? Yeah. Like, that's the part. That's what we're getting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want this shit. We're three ghosts talking to each other in meat suits. Right? <laughs> That's what we are. We're three ghosts talking to yeah. each other in meat suits. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. That's what we are. You know what I mean? But when you said that, that was that 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 spoke man, that spoke volumes because who who says that? Mm-hmm. Who talks about that in this community? In the, in this city? In this in in California? I mean, in this world, yeah. California. I mean, especially California. You know what I mean? In LA, probably. Amongst the highest cities, but everything is about appearances. Yeah, sure. You know, even even a social media presence, it's not even about doing the right thing now, but it's just about putting the right hashtag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're you're. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, signaling. Um, ah, signaling. Signaling. I've used the word several times wrong. Signaling. Uh, different. No, no. We'll get back to it. Yeah. But anyways. It's it's not even about doing the right thing anymore. It's just about putting the right hashtag or yeah. showing the or showing the right amount of ass, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just everything's about appearance. Everything's about appearance. It's about what's on that outside. Yeah. Appearances are empty. Absolutely. You know, I've met some beautiful girls, bro. And the moment that they open their mouth and start talking, it's like Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you're great to look at, but you got the personality of a fucking shoe. I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be rocks up there, you know? What I mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the truth. And like, it's, it's scary to think that that's what most of them are. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but no, that was a great, great point, Jesse. Great point you made on that. Yeah. I think uh, your experience in college, how you were saying you took this, you ran with it, and you were selfish. Uh, you didn't see these things. You didn't see them then, but you see them now. And it was embarrassing to, to catch yourself. Even though you're how, how many years ago was that? I don't know, fourteen, ten years ago. Nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Nine Even years. It, that much, it, it still you look back at it and it makes you feel a certain way. Absolutely. Like like you, I saw the look on your face when you said, "Oh, this is embarrassing." Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you're the look, the expression on your face is almost like it just happened five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And what's the thing you tell me about emotion? Um, the, well, emotion is just listen. What I tell Dave is. If you're living in anxiety, you're living in the future. If you're depressed, you're living in the past. Mm-hmm. The only thing that exists is the present. Yes. And all those things, the body, the body is a memory. You know what I mean? So you experience the memory in your body right when you think about it. Just the fact that you were even like, the yeah, body dude. is recognizing just off the thought that it's reliving that same experience uh-huh. right with the memory. Yeah. Right with the memory. It's not just the brain, it's the body. You know, like, like I've, I've said in past, um, you know, uh, podcasts, 
right now, even if I hear a song, I, I, I already, my body tenses up like I'm high already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm high already. Yeah. Because I used to get high to that song all the time. Yeah. So the mind, the body recognizes before the mind even does like, and I feel like, you know, Sometimes I feel like, I used to do these big, massive lines. I right? used to call heart stoppers, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like just a song will trigger like, oh, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you feel it, you know, Absolutely. the body internalizes it wow. because the body is part of the, of the brain. You know, it's the memory, you know what I mean? It's yeah. internalized memory in the body. And it's crazy to think too, like I look back on that and like another reason why I was kind of like, I'm just like, uh, like, I look at that person that I was then. I don't even recognize who yeah. I was yeah. now because of so much that has happened since then and how my life has drastically changed and the person I am who has drastically changed. And then another piece before, you know, I move on from, from my ex and moved through college, she was very, very, very religious. Very. Very religious. Yeah. And church uh, every Sunday, so on and so forth, you know, family and me and her had gotten, I can recall it like it was yesterday. We got in one fight. It was like a four hour fight. Yeah. Screaming match in the park. Yeah. And it was about God. Really? I'm not kidding. And that, looking back, once I, you know, a couple years later when I looked back at that situation, I was just like, that was God screaming at me in my face. Yeah. I'm here and you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like you're being so stubborn, so stupid. Yeah. I'm here. Like you, you need to see this. Yeah. And I, your girl was just a conduit to him. The conduit. Talking to you. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, if you don't stop what you're doing now, you're going down a very dark and dangerous path. Yeah. Now, speaking of dark, dangerous path, We'll go into the next segment of the show. We concluded our time here in part one with Andrew Morelli. Yeah. And uh, the uh, part two will be the dark path and where that leads to. And uh, this concludes your time in college, and we'll move on to the next step of your life. And it's an exciting story. <laughs> uh, no, we appreciate you coming and sharing this with us. This is huge. Thank you. This is really huge. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get to part two. Jesse? See you uh, briefly, people. We're just going right. to go ahead and... Uh, Cut it off here so the big guy doesn't have to edit later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in a couple of seconds. Yeah, right after I listen to the Cali Caliente Power Mix. That's right. <laughs>